You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Well, welcome to allergy season. So you're going to hear me maybe have a, a voice that could be a little stuffed up. Uh, no, I'm not sick. No, I don't have COVID. I am just sitting here with the transformation from spring to summer, which always gets me. And so here we are. <laughs> so anywho, today's episode, very excited about it, per usual. We are talking about what happens if you can't orgasm. And the reason why I have this brought up to you today is because I got a question from one of our listeners who emailed in, and you can do the same too if you have a question and you want me to answer it on the podcast, just email trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question. And if you do a nice job thoroughly asking a question, it will be answered here on the podcast. So I have one today, but I'm going to answer some other questions too. So we're not going to just talk about, about orgasming, but we'll talk about some other things that are going to help you with attraction and meeting women and specific issues that guys are having. So that's what's going on today. Why don't we get into it? So this is Jack. He is 26 years old. He says this, Hi, Trip. Thank you for your podcast episodes and your YouTube videos. They have helped me a lot over the last few months to develop myself. I'm 26 and thanks to your advice, recently lost my virginity. I managed to become a better version of myself, build up my confidence and work my way out of the friend zone with this girl. I know most guys aren't great their first time, but I think I did it all right. Again, thanks to yours and Caitlin V's advice. The only problem was I couldn't orgasm. We've been sleeping together regularly over the last few weeks and I still haven't been able to finish. My girlfriend is starting to take it personally, thinking I'm not attracted to her or that she's doing something wrong. I have stopped masturbating and watching porn, and hopefully this helps. Is there anything else I could do? Thank you so much, Jack. Well, I'll say this. I'm not a sex expert, right? That's not what I necessarily do, although I do talk a lot about sex and have learned a lot through either studying, learning from other coaches, personal experience, right? All that good stuff. So I don't maybe have some of the most technical advice for you, but I will have some thoughts on this. First of all, the fact that you stopped masturbating and watching porn will be huge. That would have been my first bit of advice to you if that's the case. So that's probably the number one thing that's happening. And I have a feeling, I just have a gut feeling that if you stop masturbating, stop watching porn, you're going to be more focused on your girlfriend and having a better time with your girlfriend. So a lot of guys who focus on watching porn or masturbating, it's rewiring their brain. Again, not an expert here, so I don't know all the science behind it, but I've read a lot of stuff about it. It, it does. It rewires your brain to really just get off on a certain type of sexuality. And that's going to be with you and your hand in a screen. So you're maybe not used to doing it in person. However, I would say this, there might be something else going on here, right? I wonder because this is your first time and you're so new, I wonder if you're having some sort of performance anxiety. Now, it's interesting because you're saying you have the opposite problem, right? A lot of guys are like, no, I have an orgasm too fast. I finished too fast. Or they say that they can't get it up. Apparently, you're able to do it, but you can't finish, right? So 
I wonder if this is just happening because you're so new to this and this is something that's so fresh with you and that you're just not used to having an orgasm in front of someone. So it's like a performance anxiety on the other end. So what else can you do? What else can you do? Well, first of all, I would maybe think about what is going to be the best way for you to finish, right? Some guys like to finish when they're just doing missionary or they like a different position or they like oral sex. Like, I wonder if there's a way that is better for you to finish. Another thing you could do is you could just touch yourself and finish on her. So that's another thing, right? A lot of people do that as well. And that's kind of similar to you masturbating, right? A very similar thing. So I guess my point here is, is I would try to look at a lot of different ways that you could finish instead of thinking that it has to be through sex. And uh, I hope to say too that hopefully she's on birth control, you're using a condom, you're doing all the things that are safe. So just make sure that you're doing that. A lot of guys you know, do have trouble with using a condom. You haven't mentioned that here, so I don't have that detail from you, but I wonder if that's a problem. I'm not saying to not use a condom. I would never say that. Of course, you know you could, but the way you're going to have to go about doing that is really making sure you guys are both tested. I mean, of course, you're, you don't have anything if you've never had sex before, so you're fine. But has she? Has she been tested? Is she on birth control? Do you know... Uh, the whole situation there. So that could be a problem. You know, that could be a problem. So I would really just kind of look into thinking about what's happening in the actual sex itself that's not making you finish. Are you in your head too much? And not your penis head, but your actual head, right? In your brain, are you thinking too much? Are you not really in the moment with her? A lot of guys really can become numb to regular sex if they're masturbating too much and watching porn. So they're not really fully in that moment. So I would you know, recommend that you try to figure out in the moment what it is that could make you finish and what would feel best for you. I would even think about this. Depending on how much you guys are having sex, maybe stop masturbating, watching porn, and having sex with her. So completely stop everything altogether. So it's like your brain has a little bit of a refresh and it can allow you to become more turned on because you haven't done anything sexual for a while. So that's something that you could possibly try out too. If all of that still isn't working, that's where, I, I'll be honest, that's where my advice ends. And you should seek either some sort of a doctor potentially, or you can, you can hire a Caitlin to help you with this or another sex expert. You know, I think that the things I gave here and also your idea of stopping masturbating and porn should take you pretty far. And if it doesn't, then that's where you're going to have to seek some more very specific advice. It's like you're coming to me as a general doctor and I'm referring you to someone specific because this is a very specific problem and not a common one. Doesn't mean you're screwed up. Doesn't mean you're weird. Uh, none of that stuff. I have heard of it before. So it's not like, whoa, dude, what is this? Like, don't worry, man. You're normal. It's okay. But yeah, I would try some of those things out and, and see what happens. And if any of you who are, who are listening and are thinking, man, I have the same problem, definitely start with the no masturbating, no watching porn, and maybe even holding off on having sex just for a little bit, just for a little bit so you can kind of regain some of that sexual energy.
All right, let's go into some more questions, shall we? This one is from Min. And before I go into it, again, I apologize if I sound like I'm not interested in this episode. Uh, that's not the case at all. My energy is kind of low. And it's just because when I have allergies, it knocks out the energy. It's like my body is fighting what's happening with these allergies. So it takes away from the energy. So um, in no way am I not interested in answering these questions and helping you. It just sounds low energy because of the of the allergies. But uh, I took a pill. Don't worry. I'm okay. All right, let's go into more questions. All right, so this is from Min. He says, Hi, Trip. I can see why, why trying to entertain yourself and amuse yourself is a good way to convey positive energy towards girls that you talk to and get them to also feel good. However, I have been reading that there are certain kinds of self-amusement or entertainment that can actually be pretty harmful in approaches. I was wondering what your thoughts on that are and what you think bad self-amusement looks like. Thanks, Min. All right. So I'll give you, the listener, a little bit of context here because you're probably like, wait, what is he talking about? Self-amusement? Entertaining yourself? What's this about? So I talked about this in my in my Hooked program. It's my course that I that I have that's available to guys to get better with women and, and kind of take it at a pace that is more organized than just listening to a bunch of podcasts and watching YouTube videos. But you start from the beginning and follow the instructions in terms of how to meet and attract women and know what to say. And, and a principle inside of Hooked, inside of my TED system, I call it, TED is the system I talk about in Hooked that gets girls hooked on you. TED is an acronym for tension, entertainment, and dominance. So that means that you need those three things to be able to build attraction. E is entertainment. But I tell guys, I'm telling you, it's not about entertaining the girl. It's about entertaining yourself and amusing yourself, aka self-amusement. And so what Min is saying is saying he understands how this could work, but he feels that He's, you know, because there's, I'm not the only dating coach who talks about this. And so he's probably read or seen somewhere that could be harmful and he wants to know the thoughts. So, good question. Yes, there can be bad self amusement. I think guys can take it to a level that's extremely obnoxious where you're more just being immature. So, I've seen a lot of people use self amusement to a degree where you're just acting like a child. And it can just completely blow out an entire interaction and her being like, what the heck is going on right now? I'm talking to this giggling guy who's just saying things that I don't understand. See, when I say entertain yourself, I mean have fun in the interaction by asking the questions you want to ask and pushing the interaction a little bit further and in, in, in terms of you know, creating jokes that are funny to you and not so much trying to make her laugh, but make yourself laugh. And of course, you know, you could do this in a way where you're just acting so silly and so over the top where you're actually not connecting with her. Some guys might take it to such a level where their whole interaction is only solely based on self-amusement, which is a problem. If it's only solely based on self-amusement, what ends up happening is the girl can't connect with you. And you're now in this whole other world than she is. And she's like, what's going on right now? Because you're making all these jokes that she doesn't understand, or you're being really silly and goofy, too much like a child. And so it has to be a balance. There has to be a balance between self-amusement, entertainment, and then tension and dominance. If you're just focused on that, it's going to look bad. So be careful 
and make sure you know how to socially calibrate. You can't just go into an interaction, do whatever you want and call it self-amusement and call it a day, right? You still have to socially uh, be socially aware of what's happening. Like, is she reacting to it? Is she having fun while you're having fun? Is she thinking you're kind of weird? Is she giving you weird looks? Now, if she does for a second, that's not a big deal. You're getting a reaction out of her, so that's good. But if it's continuous, and at this point now, she's feeling so defensive that she's just throwing so many shit tests at you, and she's just feeling like she can't connect with you, this is a problem. So yes, it can be harmful, but you have to know how to do it, right? It's kind of like anything, like anything too much or too to an extreme won't work as well. Like if you're just doing dominance, which is the concept of moving the interaction forward. If you're doing that and only that, like you're just trying to get her number really fast. If you're just trying to get her to come home with you really fast, it's like, well, you're not focusing on anything else. You're not building tension and you're not self-amusing yourself, right? So there has to be a balancing act here. If you're doing one thing too much, it's going to work against you. So I think you get the idea. Great question, Min. Thanks for, thanks for, you know, writing in. And Min, if you need help here and if anyone else needs help, I do offer coaching so you don't have to do this on your own. A lot of guys like to get the hooked program and like to kind of go through it and then do coaching. But some guys, they like to just skip all that and go right to coaching so they can get fast results. So if you're interested in that, just go to coachedbytrip.com. You and I can work together one-on-one and then we can help you with what it's going to look like for you to do self-amusement, for you to uh, go through the whole TED system and how it applies to you specifically. Okay, so we can help you with that. Just go to coachedbytrip.com and apply. There's an application page. It takes you about five minutes to fill out. It's not so bad. It's just a way for me to get to know you. And if I see that you filled out the application and it looks good and you're over 18, I will go ahead and reach out to you via text or I will email you. And then you and I can hop on a call and we can further see if coaching is going to be a good fit for you. So go to coachbytrip.com if you're interested in getting more help with that. Okay, should we answer some more questions? Well, I think we should. Here's another one. This is from uh, Nat. Hi, my name is Nat. I've been in a relationship for six months just a couple of weeks ago, my girlfriend just became so quiet, not communicating a lot. I'm always doing the talking. If I ask her a question, she always says, I don't know. Let me think about it or doesn't respond. I started to get a bit upset and respond with emotion. After a couple of times of me telling her, can you put effort in communication? I decided to keep quiet. And now it's been three days since we had a proper conversation. What should I do? Well, here's the thing that... Uh, and this is something that's a big lesson for everyone listening here. Here's the idea. If you're in a relationship or you're dating someone and you're finding that they're not reacting or being in the relationship in a certain way that you like, you don't have to stay with them. Okay? So you might be in a relationship with a girl who you find out and you only find this out through dating and being in a relationship doesn't really hold the non-negotiables that you're looking for, right? However, I wouldn't really consider communicating a non-negotiable. It's something that it should be a default that's part of a relationship. Your three non-negotiables are the three things that you're looking for in a girl for your relationship. 
Well, communicating has to be part of it. But if you're still, if you're finding out that she's not being a good girlfriend, you don't have to stay with her. Now, a lot of guys are going to probably hear that advice and go, but Trip, I want to stay with her. I love her or she's my girlfriend and everything else is great. What about this? So if you don't want to be with someone who does this, you can break up with them or you can say to her, hey, listen, you know, and by the way, you're saying six months. So it sounds like she had once communicated. So she just became quiet. So you can say, hey, listen, let's be real with each other. You know, don't, you don't get into like this emotional, like angry, but say, hey, let's be real for a second. You and I, we used to talk all the time. Uh, now you seem very quiet. Like what's going on? Okay. And it sounds like you already said that. You you got upset and responded with emotion. That's not the best way to handle it. I would try to take the emotion out of it and just be a little bit more stoic about it. So say, hey, this is what's going on. This is not happening anymore. Something's changed. What's going on? So instead of saying, can you put more effort in communication? Like no one wants to be bossed around or told what to do. Don't tell someone to do something. Instead, get down to the actual reason why it's happening. Like, don't try to fix the symptom, fix the underlying cause or problem, right? So instead of saying, can you fix this or what's going on or why are you doing this, right? You got to just come at it a little softer and just go into it, not trying to accuse her of anything, but as more like, hey, I've noticed you've been quiet. Everything okay? Everything is everything all right? And if she says like, oh, everything's fine, say, well, it's hard to believe that. I'm not saying you're lying, but it's hard to believe that because clearly there's been a massive change in the way that we're talking. So, hey, I'm giving us an opportunity to connect here. Like, what's up? What's going on? So hopefully that should get her to speak to you because she'll feel safe and people need to feel safe to communicate and, and feel vulnerable. So she probably needs that. And if at that point, she's still not communicating with you, then you should just drop her. If you're in a relationship where the person is saying, uh, like, everything's fine, and you're like, no, it's not, and they won't communicate with you about it, and this is sort of meta because you're communicating about communicating, but if, if that's all not happening, well, then leave. You don't need to be with someone that's not putting in the effort into the relationship that you're not. Now, here's another thing, and you didn't say this in here, but this is something that I, I, I think could be an issue. Because I've seen this before. There's a possibility that because you guys have been dating for six months, you're in the honeymoon period, you might be seeing each other a lot or talking all the time or texting all the time. So maybe she doesn't really know and she'll not be able, she won't be able to give you an answer here because she won't be able to tell. But maybe you guys are just communicating a lot. Like you always are hanging out, you're always texting, you're always finding a way to communicate. So really, there's just nothing else to say. You know, and that could happen. You can get to a point where you guys are seeing each other so much and over communicating where it leaves no mystery. It leaves no chance for you two to become attracted to each other. It doesn't offer any sort of excitement in there because you know everything that's going on. And then it ends up in this place where there's literally nothing else to say. That could happen. Of course, eventually there's things to say because life happens and there's things to talk about. It's not like you get to an endpoint and you run out of things to say forever. It's just things get leaked out a little bit slower because you already know everything that's going on with a person. So if that's the case, I would think about maybe trying to back off a little bit, which it sounds like you have been. You don't have to do it to an extreme degree where you don't talk to them forever, you know, but you don't see them every single day. You only see them a couple times a week. You don't text at all. 
You know, you should be only maybe talking on the phone every once in a while or just waiting until you see the person. Leave a little distance to create some more attraction and create actual opportunities to communicate on things because you let life happen. So I don't know if that's if that's the case, but it's something that you need to know anyways in your relationship. And maybe that is the thing that's specifically causing the problem, Nat. So something you want to think about. And I wish you luck in trying to communicate with her and figure it out. And again, if it's not the girl for you and she's not putting her effort in, you can always leave. All right, we're on a roll here. So let's go to another one. This is from Tyler. And this is about being a dad. There's not a lot of advice out there, he says on this. And so we're about to give him some. He says, hey, Trip." First of all, I love listening to your podcast. And I've been listening to it often, especially through this quarantine period. And I have a couple of questions that I don't see anyone in the dating advice world covering. And I'm wondering if you could help me out. I'm 33 and I recently, four months ago, separated from my girlfriend of eight years and we have three beautiful kids together. Our relationship is on good terms right now when it comes to them. No court or child support nonsense. And although I'm disappointed things didn't work out between us, I'm excited and motivated to get back into the dating world. That's amazing. The fact that you're excited about it and ready to do it after three children and a girlfriend of eight years. I mean, wow. So you're already in a good spot. So here's the rest of it. He says, my question is, what advice can you offer a single dad with three kids on meeting and attracting women? My kids are everything to me. I have no interest in exposing them to new people on a monthly basis and potentially confusing them. They're seven, five, and three. Also, my work kid schedule is pretty demanding of my time. I work 14 days, 14 days off rotations. And so I get kids for two weeks straight out of the month. So I don't get that much time to myself. What's the best way to date women without scaring them off because I have kids? I found a lot of advice for women on this subject, but very little advice for men. I'm pretty sure I can get some weekends without the kids. But again, my time is pretty limited for going on dates and meeting women. Any advice would be appreciated. Once again, I love listening to your podcast and thank you for all your advice. Best regards, Tyler. Tyler, great questions here. It's interesting. You actually have two questions here. So a lot of it you're asking about, about time-wise, like how do you make it work time-wise? So that seems to be the biggest question here is you work a lot, you know, and also you have three kids. Well, I guess there's three questions. Like how do you do this without confusing your children and exposing them to it? That's one. How do you make time for this because you're so busy? And three, how do you not scare them away? So three questions for a guy who is a dad. Okay, so let's go over this. So first of all, I'm not a dad. I don't have any kids. So it's not like I can speak to it to a place where I have gotten experience with it. But my advice here is coming from dads who I have helped before and just thinking about this a lot, right? It's like I... I. This is all connected. Like I give advice to guys who are single, but there's ways to make this work. And, and I know how women work. So, so I can give some advice to this. Just understand though, I don't want to come off like, well, I'm a dad. I know how it is. Like I'm not. And just want that to be clear and honest here. But I do have some good ideas for you. So first of all, I do agree from what I've heard and read, not good to confuse them and, and have, you know, so, so you don't want to, so how do, how do you do that? How do you not confuse the kids? Well, don't have dates over at your house. Like simple as that. Like never have a woman over at your house unless you know that your kids are gone and, and or you've been dating a woman for a while. Okay. So that again, that doesn't mean like, well, what am I going to do? Like I got to have them over sometime. Like how are we going to have sex? How are we going to be dating? Well, you can just, you don't have them over when the kids are there. 
So that's very important. So that's going to be your number one priority is making sure that when you're going on dates, you're doing it at a time when you don't have the kids. Okay. So that is first thing. Only be dating and going on dates when you don't have the kids. Of course, there can be exceptions to that. Like if you know it's a first date and you probably won't be taking her home, you can get a babysitter and, you know, have and go on a date. Like not a big deal. Okay. But just don't expose them to it and don't risk that. Simple enough, right? Okay. So now how do you make the time for it? Well, here's the thing. Your work and your kids are number one priority. So that's the thing. You have kids, they need to be taken care of. You know, that's the thing you need to do. You have if you you have a job that needs to be taken care of or else you won't be able to survive. So number three in your priority list has to be dating. Okay. But if I were you, I'd make that the number three, right? There's a lot of things in our lives that we could put before anything else. But if you know you want to put real time into this and make this work, it does take time. So it has to be the number three priority. So after you've done your work and after your kids are either you know with their mother or they're all taken care of with you, that's when you can go and start meeting women. So I would just look at your calendar simply and go, okay, when is a time when I have time to myself that I can go and I can start meeting people by doing approaches or go on dates with the women that you meet online or whatever, go on dates where you meet women anywhere. But that's going to be how you're going to manage your time. It's going to be work and kids and then boom, dating. So where is the free time in there? And if you're saying that there's no free time in there, I just don't believe you. We can all make it happen. We just don't always want to make it happen because you know it's tiring to be working and then dating. And I get it, but something has to give somewhere. So you're going to have to do this. But again, after priorities are taken care of. So where do you have that free time? Okay, so that answers that question. Now, next, what's the best way to date women without scaring them off because I have kids? Well, you're 33, so it's not too abnormal to have kids. So it's not going to look strange, but that's not the point anyways, because you still could be dating a woman who doesn't have kids. Here's the thing. And I've said this before when I've answered other questions. First of all, you got to tell them you have kids on the first date. It will look ridiculous if you don't, right? If they find out later on that you have kids, they're not going to trust you. And so it's going to be really strange where they're like, I went on a date with you and you never mentioned your kids once. That's weird, right? So you're probably going to lose them if you don't do that. Now, how do you do that? Well, it's not a confession, right? So having kids should never be a confession. Never confess that you have kids. Like, hey, I got to tell you. So I hope this isn't a deal breaker for you, but I do have kids. And uh, it takes up a lot of my time and negative, 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 negative. No, you want to do it in a positive way. So you want to let... So by the way, you don't have to let them know you have kids on the approach. So let's say you are meeting a woman in person for the first time. You don't have to tell them that unless it comes up naturally somehow. But on the first date, you should tell them, but you tell them out of excitement, not out of confession. You say excited, like, hey, so also I should let you know, I have three amazing kids and I love them to death. Right? That's a way to kind of bring it up if it doesn't happen naturally. I just want to let you know, hey, and the guy, I know that sounds like a confession, but it's not a confession. You're just letting her know, hey, also, I should tell you, I have three amazing kids. I love them. Do you want to see a picture of them? Be excited about it. Be so excited about it to the point where if she's not in your mindset, you're almost confused. Like, why? Why wouldn't she be? I'm an amazing dad. I love these kids. Like, you should come off like, I'm so awesome. 
not, this is not arrogance. This is just confidence. I'm so awesome and I'm so attractive. I'm such a cool guy that a woman, any woman would want to be with me, even if I did have kids, right? That's like your attitude and mindset. Like, yeah, I'm awesome. So even though she might not have kids and she wants to have other kids with someone else or whatever it is, you know that it's going to be okay. You know it's going to be okay. And by the way, anyone who's who's listening right now who doesn't have kids, this is a really big lesson anyways for you. It's the lesson of you should just come into every interaction assuming attraction, assuming that you are like, how could a girl not like you? You're so amazing. Like I know this, it sounds kind of arrogant, but it's not. It's not saying that you're better than other people. That's not it. That's arrogance, by the way. That's arrogance. When you think you're better than other people, when you judge other people and think you're better, it's not saying that you're better than other people. It's just saying that you are an awesome person and you know that. That's pure confidence right there. And that's the attitude you want whenever you're meeting someone. Like you'd be almost shocked that a woman wouldn't want to go on a date with you because you're great, because you're fun, because you're interesting, because you're charismatic, because you're you're a guy who is just full of life, has a lot of things going for him, okay? That's the attitude. And that's the attitude for you, Tyler, is that you're going to be excited. So don't be scared. If you go into the mindset, oh man, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. I tell this girl that I have kids. Then you're already doing it wrong. Be excited. Because why? Because you love them. Imagine if you loved something else, right? I'm not trying to compare kids to something else. Kids is the ultimate. It's a life. It's a form of life. But let's just say you were really into a hobby that you were really excited about. People who are really interested and have passions love sharing their passions with other people. So same thing here. You're excited about it. You're passionate about your kids. Share it in the same way because that attitude is going to come off on her and she's going to be like, wow, that's so cool. He's like really into it. He loves his children. He's a good dad. I mean, if anything, that's really sexy to a woman. So something to be thinking about. Fantastic questions. Thanks so much for everyone who wrote in. If you have a question, just email me, trip at tripadvice.com, and I will answer your questions. Don't forget, if you need help and you need some more guidance, you know, other than just listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, I can provide that for you. Go to coachedbytrip.com. The link is in the show notes, coachedbytrip.com, and fill out an application today. When you fill out an application, it gives us an opportunity to get on a phone call and then see if coaching is a good fit for you, where you and I do weekly calls. I even have something called real-time texting, where you can text me with any situation going on with any woman that you're talking to, and I'll actually write the text messages for you. And you can copy and paste and send them to the girls that you're you're dating. So I can help you with that too. So lots of great options to help you in terms of attracting the women already in your life or meeting more women. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to apply at coachedbytrip.com. And as always, I will see you, talk to you on the next episode. Take care.